Good morning and welcome. Happy Hump Day, Patriot Radio News Hour. I'm Joe Jaquin, CEO of the Patriot Trading Group, and I hope this day finds you well. Uh, wow. Must see TV coming tomorrow, and I'm going to say this saying something. People may actually watch our government in action. It is going to be an absolute. Uh, unfortunately, I think it's going to be disgraceful. Uh, but that talking about the Supreme Court Justice uh, Kavanaugh and the accuser, uh, well, one of them now, it just gets more and more amazing uh, as uh, more of these uh, accusations continue to come out and, and everybody's talking about it. Even my friends, we can't help it. you got to talk about it. It's uh, all of us kind of have the same opinion of how things, you know, going back to to high school and, well, 35 years ago this allegedly happened or that allegedly happened and how things have changed in America. And some of it for the better, some of it not. Uh, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. You know, the sad part is what we should be watching, nobody cares about. And that is going to be the Federal Reserve's announcement uh, coming this afternoon that they're going to be raising rates again uh, because, well, they're trying to normalize. Uh, and again, how did we get unnormal? Oh, that's right. The same guys that are now trying to normalize were the ones that, I guess, made it unnormal to begin with. But let's not focus on that. 800-951-0592 is our toll-free number. Wealth insurance is what we do. The physical delivery of gold and silver. The website at allamericangold.com. Uh, and we've got a lot of ground to cover. I'll, I'll say this. So I have, and all of you know this, so, so I've got two kids. One's a freshman in college. The other one's a sophomore in high school. And I just bring this up because of the uh, the things going on with the Supreme Court. My my younger son, it's homecoming this weekend uh, for uh, our school. In other words, the football game, you know, the big football game on Friday night and the homecoming dance on Saturday. And uh, my son is, I don't, I don't even know what the word to, to use. So I'm going to use... Uh, his words, he, he's seeing this girl that my wife and I are like, oh, so you guys are boyfriend-girlfriend. And my son says, oh, absolutely not. And we're like, okay, well, what, what would you say you are? And he goes, we're just friends, but we're exclusive friends. So uh, things are different. Uh, we, are you taking your quote-unquote exclusive friend to homecoming? Because that's what you know. We used that's what you did. You liked a girl, you asked her to homecoming, you know, and uh, maybe she became your girlfriend. Or if you had a girlfriend, you obviously were taking her. And and he's oh no 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 we don't that's not what we don't do that anymore. We 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 all go as the 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 group. So like. Uh, his group is going in, and they get a bus, and my wife is telling me that they're not even going to go to the dance. And I'm like, excuse me? Right, I'm trying to understand this. Wait, this is not your girlfriend. right?
that you're just exclusive friends, which kind of sounds like the same thing, and you're not going to homecoming together, but you and and all these, like, and there's like 50 kids, 40 kids, are going to ride in this bus, but you're not going to the dance. Things have changed. Uh, and and I'll, I will say this. The thing that is, is amazing for me is how much they've changed. What's going on with Kevin, I don't know if they're true or not. I, I would like to believe that uh, that the people that are like uh, Kavanaugh, you know, they were kind of at least, in my mind, they were kind of the geeky kids, right? You know, the, the super studious type kids and whatnot. And I know we went to this. Uh, all-male prep school and all that stuff, but the guys would ask the girls when we were, when I was in school, and, and you know, I, I kind of fit that. I graduated high school in 1988. Today, I'll tell you right now, at least for, for my kids, it's like the exact opposite, right? The guys and the girls, they go to the parties, and it's the girls doing the, the pursuit. It, it's a I don't know if it's good or if it's bad, but things have changed a lot. I'll just tell you that right now. I'm confused. Uh, I, I don't know. I just I just wanted to share that because I truly don't know what's happening anymore. I don't recognize uh, the the high school situations that uh, my son is going through. And, and uh, anyway, what does that have to do with what we do? Totally nothing, but it's been on my mind. And so I wanted to talk about it. That's all I'm going to say about it. Uh, in a little while, we're going to hear from Jay Powell about, and, that, you know, everyone agrees. We're going to raise rates. What they want to know, again, it comes down to uh, dots on a chart and all this all this ridiculousness. And what's ridiculous is the, the, the job you really should want, obviously you don't want that Supreme Court job. By the way, uh, just in case anybody wants to, wants to nominate me, no thanks, right? Uh-uh, don't want that job. It's kind of like president. Who wants that job? I don't want that job. Federal Reserve, that's a job you want because they have never, ever gotten it right, and yet they never get held accountable, and people act like what they say is the gospel. We're going to talk about that next. 800-951-0592. We are mere hours away from hearing Jay Powell and the Federal Reserve talk about what is going to come next for the United States economy. And here's the thing that's amazing, is when you look at the track record of this central bank, it has got to be if you if you were like a sports team, I'll give you I'll, I'll tell you who they're. You know what they are? They're the Cardinals, and I'm not, I'm not talking about the occasional you know a few good years here, right? I'm talking about like the historic Cardinals when they were in Sundell, the Cardinals of today, which you know they can't win a single game. That's the Fed. They have never gotten it right. Matter of fact, they talk about how this would be the first time in their history. Now, they've only been around, in fairness, they've only been around for, you know, 115 years. You would think, 
at least a couple of times they could have got it right, and they never do. In other words, talking about these rate hike cycles, the central bank always goes too far and causes the next recession. I'm going to tell you right now, they're going to do it again. Because all the data, and hard data, Forget about consumer sentiment and, and the ISM surveys and all anything with a word survey in it. Throw it out the window. Because that doesn't mean anything. I know they like to pretend that it does, but it doesn't. The actual hard data, we're already slowing. You know, we picked up because of the tax cut, and now we're slowing again. Because, like most of it, they overpromised and underdelivered. Right? Most people didn't get anywhere close to $4,000 or $2,000 or even 1000 even though that was what they promised. Business didn't spend nearly the amount of money they, that we were told. And, of course, we knew that all along. We were saying that from the get-go. It's not going to happen. They're going to buy back their stock, and that's what they did. Matter of fact, they're going to buy back $1 trillion worth of stock, and they're going to spend about $300 billion in CapEx. That's it. <laughs> right? So you kind of do that. You're like, wait a minute, that didn't work out very well. And now, of course, we've got the trade war. We've got the whole Supreme Court thing going on and the Federal Reserve getting ready to tell us about uh, future rate hikes, of which, you know, yesterday we talked about how this is the eighth rate hike. And yet the bank CDs are only up a quarter of a point. Why? Well, you know why. They don't want you to buy a bank CD. Right? They want you where? They want you in the risky assets. Because this is how the Ponzi scheme works. They got to keep the money in there. And while all of this is going on, right, we, we talk about, you know, the president talking about Iran or Venezuela at the U.N. and who's in the bad guy bus and who isn't trade wars and who's going to give in and who's not and all the you know uh, the economy and is it going to be three percent or two percent or what is it going to be and a bunch of dots on a plot and a plot dot chart what's that going to be real things are happening we've had today will be day three and obviously the results aren't in yet but as i've educated all of you Every day, right? On Monday, on Tuesday, on Wednesday, on Thursday, we have dead auctions. That's what you know. That's the word. You know, we got to sell all of the debt that is either one rolling over. In other words, hey, somebody bought a two-year note two years ago, a five-year note five years ago, a ten-year note ten years ago whatever, three-month note, three months ago, right? They, we got to resell the existing debt. And then, of course, add on, what, any new debt, right? And we've got to do this pretty much every day of the week. Well, you don't do it on the weekends, but if the markets are open, the debt markets are running. And we've seen a huge shift in what has been happening at these auctions. We've talked about the size of them, right? Every 90 days now, the Treasury, hey, we've got to 
got to increase the the size, and the, because every you know, as an example, every Monday there's a three month auction, a six month auction, a two year auction, maybe a five year auction. There may be a tips auction, and and who you know all these other things. But the schedule it happens repeatedly, month after month, week after week, year after year. We've got a schedule, and they've been increasing the amount of debt that needs to be sold because we got to keep borrowing more. Now they've started adding new auctions. In other words, hey, okay, we we can't really increase these anymore without it really getting ridiculous. So let's come up with a new one. Right, and we'll add that to the calendar. And all of this has been playing out, and we've seen a huge drawdown in the amount of foreign governments placing bids. So when they go to these auctions, just so you know, all of these countries, and of course, obviously, the banks that are in charge of the auctions, the, the bidders, if you will, direct and indirect bidders, they submit, right? And let's just use a hypothetical. It's a two-year auction, okay? So this is an auction for two-year notes. You're going to keep these for two years. And they'll tell you the size. Okay, and let's just say it's $20 billion, okay? Each of these bidders places a bid. I'd like to buy $1 billion of two-year notes, and I want a, a rate of return of 2.85%, and they submit it. And what we do is we gather up all the bids. And then, of course, we take the best one. In other words, the ones that say, hey, I'll take it for the least amount of interest. Right? That just makes sense. And so normal time, you'd have somewhere around three, depending on what type of auction, three to four times the amount of bids versus the size of the auction. In other words, if it was a $20 billion auction, you would have somewhere between 60 and $80 billion worth of bids. And this is called bid to cover. Right? you got to cover, so you're hoping, hey, at least we get $20 billion of bids. And in the U.S., that's been the historical average. This average now is going in the wrong direction. And now pretty much, you know, not every auction, but the vast majority of the auctions now, we're lucky to get two and a half times. In other words, there's $20 billion, and maybe we're getting 50. Some cases, we're getting 45. The last two days, Tuesday and Wednesday, these bid the covers were way down, right? Way down, you know, 230, 240 on the bid to covers. And this has become a huge problem because now a lot of these foreign governments, and where where are the bids not, who's the one not bidding? 
And what we're noticing is it's the foreign wealth funds, sovereign wealth funds, the foreign governments that are not buying. And then we started hearing different things, right? We got this trade war going on, and, and, and I've noticed you know, we made two trade deals, in case you're keeping score. We made a trade deal with Mexico, and we made a trade deal with South Korea the other day. Both of whom are really, when you talk about trade deficits, really aren't a factor. Right? We don't really run a big trade deficit with Mexico, even though we I know that a lot of jobs go there. But Mexico buys a lot of stuff from us, too. But one of the things I noticed is Steve Mnuchin, our Treasury Secretary, is there. And the president, I, I was watching the South Korean announcement the other day. And the president, and he's thanking the South Koreans, and he's thanking our trade guys that you would, you know, normally assume you would think, right? These are the guys that negotiated this deal. And then he starts thanking Steve Mnuchin, and he's standing there at the first one. I'm like, why is our Treasury Secretary a key player in all of this trade just seems weird to me. I mean, he's a he's the guy that's in charge of selling our debt. Why is he there at these trade negotiations? And of course, one of the things that I think we need to point out is more and more of the world seemingly would like an alternative to the dollar. Just last month, right here on this program, I told you about how Germany and then France got together and said, we want to create a new global payment processor. Now, for a lot of people, they don't know what that really meant. And now I'm trying to put the pieces together of why our Treasury Secretary is at these trade deals. I think I know the answer. And, of course, a lot of it having to do with the central bank, our own central bank, and what they've been up to. But currently, we use what is called SWIFT. And I'm not talking about the trucks on the freeway. Right, we've all seen those, right? Swift trucking, not the same thing. But look at this as a Swift is like Visa or MasterCard, but it's for world trade. In other words, when somebody buys soybean, okay, big cargo ship of soybean, they pay for it. In dollars, they use the SWIFT system to process the payment. Right, that's how the money kind of goes from goes from China, let's say, to the United States, or it goes from Germany uh, to to Brazil, or from you know you pick a country, right, Canada to Australia. This is what is used. 
The biggest thing about it is it's controlled by us. So a month ago, when Germany and France said that Europe should not allow the U.S. to act over our heads and at our own expense, and we need to create a new payment system, I know most people disregarded it. Matter of fact, when you turn on the idiot box, when you go to talk to your financial planner, most of them probably won't even know what you're talking about if you brought this up. Oh, it's nothing to worry about. has everything to do with us. Because this is how we control the rest of the world. Brenton Woods is over. But most people still use the dollar because they use the SWIFT system. Yesterday, there was a different announcement. I'm going to tell you what it was and what it means for all of us that have to use dollars to buy things. This is the Phyllis Schlafly Report, presenting a daily conservative pro-family perspective since 1983 and continuing the legacy of Phyllis Schlafly. Now here's the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin. Phyllis Schlafly spoke often against die-hard liberal beliefs. Chief among them were multiculturalism and feminism. But in 2018, we're seeing that the left can no longer maintain some of their fantasies. One study, led shockingly by a University of California Berkeley law professor, has found that the left-wing multicultural approach can actually backfire and harm minorities. Professor Victoria Plout studied the two main, quote, diversity ideologies, end quote, in the United States, colorblindness, ignoring skin color and looking at merit, and multiculturalism, favoring minorities by policies that ignore merit. Plout's study found that multiculturalism can often lead to creating a preference for stereotypical minorities in the workplace and education. This can discourage not only hard work and accomplishment, but also discourage minority individuals themselves. This is, Plout found, to the detriment of the counter-stereotypical people of color. Multiculturalism, she wrote, can be detrimental if it leads to pigeonholing. While this is no revelatory turn towards conservatism, it shows that even the most intellectual on the left can't ignore the flaws in their long-held beliefs. We're also seeing a similar trend in the liberal effort to artificially balance gender numbers in STEM fields. Georgetown University professor Adriana Kugler says that the effort to recruit more women into STEM may be sending a signal that STEM is not a field for women. She believes that as society keeps telling us that STEM is too dominated by men, that women will think they don't belong. Last month, we talked about a liberal professor who is being eviscerated by the media and his colleagues for daring to question if one reason it's difficult to get women into STEM is because men and women are different and they are naturally talented at different things. It's easy to see from these studies that the left can only lie about natural order and numbers for so long before their story starts to implode. Even if they aren't finding the right solutions just yet, this is great progress that the left can't ignore the holes in their dogmatic ideologies. We hope that this young generation can break the stranglehold of liberalism in academia.
This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report from Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. Do you have a college-bound son or daughter? Do you care about the next generation? At phyllisschlafly.com, we expose the liberal agenda and anti-Christian mindset found on most college campuses and help equip conservative students to stand up for their beliefs. Visit us at phyllisschlafly.com. And join us again next time for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. 800-951-0592. So, what did you hear out of the UN meetings that have been going on the last several days? Right, we heard, you know, the president come out and talk about, right, Iran and Venezuela, North Korea, right, people made uh, made light of, uh, you know, our president, he likes to brag, he's braggadocious. And he was bragging about what a great job he's done, and right there was laughter, and right we heard that. You didn't hear this. Well, all of this was going on. There was a lot of people meeting. There was one country that wasn't invited, and nor would we have went, but it was us. What they were meeting about was a way to supplement or get around, if you will, the SWIFT system that will allow countries to continue to do business with Iran. Right? Remember, next month, the United States says nobody's allowed to do business with Iran. And a lot of us, and me included, I didn't really know how do you enforce that, right? How, how do we know? How would we know that a chi- that the Chinese were buying Iranian oil? I mean, outside of I guess we could track the ship, right? You know, hey, well, there was a ship. It wasn't Iran's port. Now it's in China's port, and it carries oil. I mean, I guess we could figure it out that way. But what they had was swift. The United States simply wouldn't allow the transaction to happen. So yes, Iran, I guess if you want to send the oil there, you can. You're not going to get paid for it. That's the we're, we're going to block it. So yesterday, the Wall Street Journal reported that the heads of the EU, okay, which is your European Union, uh, along with uh, Germany, France, the UK, Russia, and China, got together and came up with a way to get around the SWIFT payment system. And obviously, this is not only a challenge to the United States as far as Iran, but it is also now a challenge to the dollar. The system being proposed is called Special Purpose Vehicle. Okay, so the acronym SPV. 
No, that is not one of the diseases that old people are catching, okay, right? You can't fix it with antibiotics. That's not what we're talking about. Special purpose vehicle. Now, the thing that struck me as funny was the first word, special. You know, I'm a, I'm not a, a, a globalist by any means, and I'm, I don't believe in conspiracies or, or things like that. But you know the IMF, right, in their basket of currencies, and they call them special drawing rights. And now we have a special purpose vehicle just kind of leads into what the new world order, in my opinion, is going to look like. And the way this is going to work, according to, so we got uh, the Wall Street Journal and Bloomberg both kind of reporting on how all of this will work, is that they're going to allow companies to set up an account under this special vehicle that will allow them to conduct business with the Iranians and use the euro, the renminbi, the British pound, however, you know, you pick pick the currency, one currency you cannot pick, US dollars. Now you're like, double, where are we going here? How does this affect us? What do we care? And and here's the simple answer. Why do you think all of these countries show up and buy our debt? Have you really thought about it? Why? Why would you buy a billion dollars or $10 billion or $3 billion on a 10-year note and get paid 3%? Terrible returns. Why would you do it? Why do these countries, and and really, most of them buy very short term, right? Most of them are three months, six months. We've had that discussion. Most of our debt is sold very short term. And the answer is simple. They need dollars. They need the dollars to buy stuff. Because the global payment system was set up by us. We were actually, way back in the day, we were really good negotiators, right? Think about after World War II, we created Bretton Woods. What a great deal that was, right? We created the global payment system, SWIFT, another great, what a great thought that was. We'll control, we'll force everybody to buy dollars. See, and when Bretton Woods ended, we got, you know, officially ended that, and said, okay, you can't do that anymore. We kind of knew, but you still got to buy dollars because you need to use SWIFT. Now they said, you know what, we don't need to. So now you start thinking about, just start thinking about how this is going to work. Every single year, and I know they, you know, the debt's a trillion dollars. I know they like to say that number. But the realities are, just this year alone, 
right? It's going to be closer to 1.5 trillion. But by 20, let's just go by 2020, we're going to be borrowing over two trillion dollars a year. By 2026, that number is going to be approaching four trillion dollars a year. And no, it's not because I, you know, I'm not Karnak and I can't see the future. I'm not Nostradamus. I just know how to do math. And we already got $21.5 trillion that keeps rolling over. How do you think that's going to play out? We're going to talk about that one next. 800-951-0592. That is our toll-free number. What do we do here? Wealth insurance. What is your wealth based in? Pretty simple. U.S. dollars. Right? And, and, and really, most of it is based in debt. Right? Stocks, IRAs, 401ks, money markets, annuities, all of these things based upon debt. Which just 10 years ago was all going to go to zero. Oh, but don't worry, they fixed it. How? Well, they just mispriced the debt and made it look better. See, that works for a little bit. So think about what I just said. So the rest of the world got together. You know, it, it, isn't it ironic? They did it at the UN. Right, says right where, right here in our own country. They all met. Hey, America, you're you're out. We're having a private meeting with, with the Iranians, and here's what we came up with. Right, our special vehicle that's going to augment the SWIFT system, and let our companies do whatever they want, and there's nothing you can do about it. And remember why they come to the debt auctions to begin with. Because they need to buy stuff. And see, listen, this is something else of why I keep telling you, you know, when you put your money in the bank, it's not your money. That's banking law been banking law since before we were a country. These these they don't put it in the bank. You think Apple keeps their however many, I don't even know how much cash Apple, cash on hand! Hundreds of billions of dollars they don't leave it in the bank. They buy bonds. Right, and when they mature they, you know, they'll move it around but then they just buy more bonds somewhere else what they do and now we're already having problems for the rest of the world to digest the amount of debt we need to pay all the while they're telling you how great the stock market is is it let me ask you just have you ever asked yourself this where would the stock market be 
if the Fed's funds rate was 5%, which up until the last 10 years would put it at the lower end of the average, the lower end, 5%. The 10-year note, historically, would have been about seven and a quarter with a 5% federal funds rate. Remember, think back. Now, I know it's hard. But think back, you know, I'm not asking you to go back to the Kavanaugh accusers that go back 35 years. You can if you want to. Just go back 10 years, 15 years. When you got to 55, what were you supposed to do? You're supposed to go into bonds. Right? Remember, you're supposed to buy CDs and live off the interest. <laughs> right? All the other are like, oh, God. that fat guy doubles right again. Yep, that's what they were supposed to do. With the Dow have gone from 6,600 to 26,000 with a Fed funds rate of five? Of course not. What did they do? They brought it to zero. Right? Nothing. We don't want nothing. Right? Because they wanted to miss price debt. And see, with a Fed funds rate at zero, the debt laden stock market, because that's what it is. I mean, it's a debt investment. You're you're loaning your money to these companies. All of a sudden, it looked a lot better. Right? Oh, Fed funds rate's now zero. This debt doesn't look so bad anymore. Right? And we trade at these ridiculous P.E. ratios, and they go, oh, it's okay, because the Fed funds rate's low. So it's okay that we're trading at these outrageous P.E. levels. Yeah. Sounds great. But now all of a sudden, we keep adding to the size of the debt auction. We keep creating now, just this year alone, we've created two new debt vehicles. Right? We've already, we've introduced two brand new types of debt that got put onto the schedule while increasing all the other ones. Not going to be enough. Have you asked yourself what the debt would have been this year? Okay, so this year, we all agree, we already know, right? We're at $895 billion and we were waiting on September's number. But let's just say we're going to be right near, let's just round up here. We'll, we'll be at a trillion dollars. And we'll be right there, right at a trillion. Of which, $500 billion we spent on paying interest on all the debt auctions where the money, where the debt, you know, we had to re-up because the debt rolled off. So we had to make interest payments. If the Fed's funds rate, which will after today will be at two to two and a quarter, just gets back to five, what would it have done 
to the debt number. In other words, we spent the same stuff, right? We did all the military stuff, and we did all that, and, and, and nothing changed. The debt, instead of being $1 trillion, would have been closing in on $3 trillion. 800-951-0592. Quick look in here. Uh, Gold and silver down fractionally, not too bad. Uh, Silver's down six cents, seven cents, 14.37. Silver is down four dollars in change now, 11.95 in change. Uh, as we all wait for the Federal Reserve press conference. None of it matters. It's all a show. It's a game. Oh, by the way, tomorrow, remember what I told you about inflation in the 2% target? Do you remember? I told you that was just the introductory number. Guess what? People are starting to talk about a new number. And it's not two and a half. It's not three. It's not even four. I'm going to share that with you tomorrow. But just think about this. The Dow would be nowhere with a Fed funds rate of five. Heck, they're scared to death right now. They're like, man, well, you know, maybe we can get away with two more rate hikes after this one. Maybe three, but that's it. They're going to ruin the economy. The debt is what's ruining the economy. And now the rest of the world, little by little, piece by piece, is setting up alternatives to the dollar. Remember yesterday's show. What did we tell you about central bank buying of gold? I mean, we've been in business 23 years. With the exception of the last, oh, about eight years, central banks sold gold. It's what they did. They're now buying gold in record amounts. Why do you think that is? Well, geez, they want a hedge. Right? They want a hedge against all the dollars they've been having to buy and all the other fiat money out there. That's why we keep telling you, you better be your own central bank. What do you think happens to interest rates when nobody shows up to your auctions? They have to rise. Or you end up like Japan, which is probably where we're headed, if not worse. Right? In the 80s, the Japanese stock market for Nikkei was at 40000 And spent the last, what, 30-some-odd years trading between 10 and 20. Right? I mean, you lost, what, between 75 and 50% of your money. The Japanese Central Bank, they they just buy it all, right? No one's coming to the auction today. We'll just buy it all, right? It's a big game. Their economy goes nowhere. 
This is what is in store for us. And remember what they've done to your money. Just remember. They changed all the rules. Right? Remember too big to fail? Right? Oh, we fixed it. What, what, what they didn't tell you was we fixed it by encircling all your money. So when it happens, when the crash happens, you can't get out. 800-951-0592. Patriot Radio News Hour. We got a couple of great items. Call us and we'll tell you all about them. <laughs> 